Hello, and welcome to the Chair's Corner from the Department of Medicine at the University of North Carolina. We begin today a series that will concentrate on autoimmune disease. What causes it? What is it? And how can patients find out experts who can help them and figure out the best treatments that will make them feel better? Today, we'll look at current research in autoimmunity, and we welcome Dr. Megan Free who is an assistant professor at the University of North Carolina in the Division of Nephrology, and she specializes in autoimmune disease and the basic science that underpins what causes how people react to themselves. Her studies focus on very important cells that are players in autoimmune disease, T cells and B cells, and the role they play in various disorders. So welcome, Megan Free. Thank you. Megan, your research focuses on really translational science of a particular form of autoimmune disease, and that is inflammation of blood vessels called vasculitis. But there are so many different autoimmune diseases. Help us understand some common threads that you and others have observed that link these autoimmune diseases together. Well, I think that's one question that oftentimes comes to mind with patients with autoimmune diseases. You know, what caused my disease? Was there anything that I could have done to prevent that? And we know through research that there are, there's no one gene that causes autoimmune disease, but through various research studies, we know that there are certain genes that have come up in numerous autoimmune diseases, and one of those genes is called HLA, or human leukocyte antigen. And that is a gene that codes for a protein or a receptor that basically tells your immune system what's in your immune system. Is it a bacteria? Is it a virus? Is it yourself? And there are certain HLAs that predispose people to type 1 diabetes or vasculitis or rheumatoid arthritis. But that gene alone doesn't cause disease. We know that there are different environmental factors that I can also predispose people. And what we're starting to understand is that it's a combination of all of these events that often lead to autoimmune disease. So it's the combination of your genes and the environment that interact and, and result in a break in what's called tolerance. And we'll talk about tolerance in a moment. But it's now a reaction to oneself. An autoimmune disease is yours. You're not supposed to have your immune system react to you. You're supposed to have an Im your immune system react to bacteria or viruses or foreign substances. But now you're, you've broken through normal regulatory pathways and you're reacting to some protein in your body, in yourself. And what you're saying is that's a consequence of some alteration an, a, a genetic background that now has come in contact with an environmental stimulus. Correct. What is a T cell and what is a B cell? So most people know that we all have white blood cells that float around in our blood. And white blood cells is a heterogeneous population of different immune cells. There are two portions of the immune system that can be categorized into white blood cells. You have your innate 
immune system, which are your first responders. There are things like neutrophils and monocytes. But there is also the adaptive immune system. And some people think these cells are a little smarter because they've been trained more. They have specific targets, and those are B cells and T cells. B cells are the ones that make our antibodies, which in patients with autoimmune disease, they have antibodies to self. That's what is tested for in the clinical labs. And then T cells are also specific for self in patients with autoimmune disease. So what is a self-antigen? So a self-antigen is any protein that is supposed to be in our body. So it can be a liver protein, it can be a bone protein, a kidney protein, anything that basically is internal to our own person. And patients, some patients make antibodies instead of to a bacteria or to a virus, they make antibodies to that self-antigen, to that self-protein. Correct. And that's what is, if the self-antigen is known in the disease, that is oftentimes what is tested for in the clinical labs. So patients with vasculitis are tested to see if they have an anti-neutrophil cytoplasmic autoantibody. Or in rheumatoid arthritis, they're tested for antibodies to citrinylated proteins. There are lots of tests in the clinical lab that are looking for antibodies to a self-antigen. So what is tolerance? Why, what, what is a break in tolerance? So the immune system, its number one function in my view, is supposed to be able to discriminate self from non-self. And what that means, like you alluded to, is that your immune system is supposed to be very good at protecting your body from external antigens, be it bacteria, viruses, other foreign pathogens, while preserving yourself. You don't want to harm yourself. So tolerance is the mechanism by which your immune system discriminates bacteria from your lungs, from your kidneys, and so on. And that is often taught very early in life. Uh, For a T cell, it's taught in the thymus. For a B cell, it's taught in the bone marrow. But we know in patients with autoimmune disease that there are breaks in tolerance, that there are certain genes or certain receptors or proteins that are either misfolded, dysregulated. There's something amiss within those pathways that causes your body to mistake yourself for a foreign antigen. Now, that can also happen through something called molecular mimicry, wherein your body is trained to respond to a bacteria or virus, and something has happened to yourself that either the protein becomes misfolded or misexpressed, and it now looks like that bacterial protein or looks like a viral protein. And that's why we see a lot of times patients present initially with a respiratory illness or the flu that then can lead to an autoimmune disease. You used an interesting word choice. You said that T cells and B lymphocytes, these are lymphocytes and cells that circulate in your body and and are harbored in places like spleens and, and lymph nodes. You used the word that these cells were taught. What does that mean? Help us understand that word. I'm, I mean, it is kind of, I think of it in a rudimentary way in that T cells and B cells, essentially, they're born, they go to school, and they learn what they're supposed to learn. And a more scientific way to think about it is that in your thymus, for example, which is this organ right above your heart, um, your T cells go there, and there are cells that are called medullary thymic epithelial cells that they know all of the proteins in your body. 
and they present little pieces of all these different proteins to your T cells. And if your T cell reacts too strongly to your self protein, that cell will become deleted. And that's this is during development, as you in 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 utero. Correct. Yes, and that's how is is educated by deletion, but also those cells, if they react too strongly to self, they can be taught to become a regulatory T cell, which provides an anti-inflammatory response during times of inflammation. So your work and others have shown that there are in humans with various forms of autoimmune disease and in your work in vasculitis, there are T cells that are no longer listening to lessons that they may have learned and are are proliferating and are not being able to be regulated by other forms of T cells. Correct. So there are two, in vasculitis in particular, there are two anomalies that we have found with T cells. And one of those is, as we've alluded to, the regulatory T cell type or the anti-inflammatory T cell. These are cells that are supposed to keep your immune system under check and not allow too much inflammation to go on. But we know in patients with vasculitis that those cells don't function as they're supposed to. They're, and that's true of other autoimmune diseases. Correct. They've too. seen it in lupus. They've seen it in a number of different autoimmune diseases. And that goes back to that common themes or common threads of autoimmune disease. Um, we don't know exactly why those cells don't function as they're supposed to. We have hints and clues that the genetics of those cells may be amiss. But the flip side of that coin is that there are effector T cells that are supposed to be inflammatory and do their job when appropriate, that there is a population of those cells in patients with vasculitis that have expanded beyond their normal means and are exceedingly pro-inflammatory and can't be kept in check by those non-functional regulatory T cells. So it's a perfectly bad storm of two different populations not functioning appropriately. What's the difference between an autoimmune disease and an allergy? So both both instances can be seen as states of a hyperimmune system, that the white blood cells are responding to something inappropriately, that they are overly inflammatory towards something. The biggest difference is that allergy is a reaction to something external. It's a a peanut protein or pollen or it's something that is external to your body. While autoimmune disease, you are having an inflammatory response to something that is an internal protein. That's a beautiful differentiation. That's right. So just in summary, then, there are genetic reasons for people to have an autoimmune disease. There are environmental triggers that may cause the disease at the beginning and may cause a flare. There are these T cells that, and B lymphocytes that have been uh, taught during development to, to be under control. Uh, and there are T cells that are there to regulate uh, other T cells. And there are B cells that regulate other B cells. This is a beautiful balance between regulatory components that are supposed to keep the immune system in check that somehow in the process of an autoimmune disease are no longer functioning like they're supposed to. And that's really this concept of breaking tolerance, breaking tolerance to your own protein. Most patients with an autoimmune disease don't come in with a sign on their 
forehead that says, I have rheumatoid arthritis. They start with vague symptoms. They come in with not necessarily specific findings, and that is known as a prodrome. What is a prodrome, and how would you explain a prodrome from a scientific perspective? Well, I mean, the best way that I think about it is there are so many pieces to an autoimmune disease that go wrong, essentially. Something goes wrong with T cells, B cells, neutrophils in the case of vasculitis, and oftentimes all of those pieces don't go wrong at the same time, that it's an additive effect. And maybe when you see a patient the first time, only the regulatory T cell component has gone bad. But that then leads to dysregulation of B cells and dysregulation of neutrophils. And it's only over the course of time that more and more symptoms occur as these dysregulations in the immune system are also occurring. And the body actually can self-heal in some of those circumstances. So once that process has begun, there is the possibility for the immune system to gain control again and, and, and thwart an autoimmune disease from, from occurring. That probably is happening on a regular basis in, in most of us as we are exposed to different factors in the environment. So a prodrome may be this possibility of of the immune system coming out of check, out of tolerance, and, and producing inflammatory signals that the patient feels. Is, is that right? Correct. And the other issue there, and I think you see it a lot in vasculitis, is that, I mean, the same function that our immune system is playing in autoimmune disease those same immune cells are also responsible for a response to a respiratory infection. And sometimes it's hard to decipher if a person's respiratory symptoms are due to a mere infection or is this early vasculitis. Megan, thank you so much for this introduction to the science behind autoimmune disease that begins this series for patients on autoimmune disease in general. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me.